The Biden administration goes full desperate as they brief TikTok stars about the war in the Ukraine. Inflation soars under the Biden administration, but they only care about the narrative. And Biden authorizes $200 million in new military aid for Ukraine. We're getting into all this and more in just one second. If you guys can, please drop this video a like, subscribe, turn the notifications on, new video every single day. If you can listen to the full episode of the show, the Joey Saladino Show on all the podcast apps. Now let's get right into this. So up on screen, I have a video playing of one of the TikTok stars that got invited to the White House. So this is one of the TikTok stars invited to the White House, uh, invited on a Zoom call. Sorry, not to the White House, to a White House Zoom call to get briefed on Ukraine. Her channel, which is just hundreds of videos of her dancing, is definitely the first place I would go to for Biden-approved news on war. The adults are back in charge. That's what was tweeted out by the libs of TikTok. So right now, what's going on? Just like what the Obama administration did when they called upon YouTubers to push their socialist agenda, the, the uh, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the Obama administration did that. Now the Biden administration is calling on TikTokers to push their agenda. Now, newsflash to all of the uh, you know TikTokers out there, the people get invited to this. Do never call yourself the resistance. If you're getting your literal talking points from the White House itself, you are not the resistance. Okay, you're not going up against the man or the establishment if you're literally getting your talking points from the man, from the establishment. Now, let's read. So TikTok is, is uh, now being used as a platform for information about the war in Ukraine. Just in the White House's brief, TikTok stars about the war in Ukraine on Thursday afternoon, 30 top TikTok stars gathered on a Zoom call to receive key information about the war unfolding in Ukraine, Washington Post reported on Friday. On Thursday, the White House briefed 30 high-profile Creators on the popular app about uh, important details of the Russians' invasions of Ukraine reported the Washington Post. According to the Post, the meeting was uh, led by Press Secretary Jen Psaki and National Council Special Communication Advisor Matt Miller on Zoom. The influencers were briefed about the United States' strategic goals in the region and answered questions on uh, distributing aid to Ukrainians and working with NATO and how the United States would react to the Russians' use of nuclear weapons. Since uh, Vladimir Putin first launched an attack in Ukraine in February, TikTok users have turned to the platform for real-time news. Russians and Ukrainian users have posted thousands of videos showing what is happening in their country. And now they're calling on... See, this is the crazy thing is, like, they... This is the difference between the people versus the establishment. If I could remember, I, I know Trump would have conservative influencers over for, like, White House events here and there. But at least to my knowledge, there wasn't really much of the briefings like this, where it's like, okay, this is our agenda, this is what questions, blah, 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 whatever. None that I heard of, I can tell you that much. And if there even was any of that stuff being talked about, it was typically to, I guess, conservative podcasters or MAGA podcasters, people who are already on board with what is going on. They're calling on people who just do like simple dance videos. What they're trying to do is reach the masses, reach the people who are not involved into politics, reach the people who watch just girls dancing for eight seconds on TikTok. They're trying to reach those people, people who do not know any better, people who do not look into the news, people who do not read into the news. They're trying to reach out to those people, to brainwash them. Because if you, if you were to push this to anybody who's anywhere politically inclined, they're going to be like, oh, whatever the agenda this is, it's BS. Or they'll figure it out themselves. What I'm seeing right now on my personal TikTok feed is nonstop. I mean, I don't like anything on TikTok. I don't engage with anything on TikTok because I want to get the least biased feed as possible. 
And all that I'm seeing, maybe it's the algorithm obviously is generated more towards me, but I'm seeing posts with hundreds of thousands of likes that are anti-Democrat now. Like that's all I'm seeing is people roasting left-wing TikTokers to getting hundreds of thousands of likes. And I'm seeing a ton of that. And it's it just, it's, it's honestly pathetic. We all know that. It's honestly pathetic, just like what Obama needed to do to push their agenda. You know, their agenda is so right. Their agenda is, is what America needs so much in, in the fact that they need to, like, quite literally uh, <laughs> control the narrative. They can't just let what they're doing show for itself and have people just be like, you know what? What this is happening, what this is going on right now, I like what the administration's doing. Let me post about what I like about what they're doing right now. No, they need to control their narrative because the average everyday American person is seeing what's going on with this administration and they're like, this is an absolute and total disaster. And that's becoming a meme. It is a meme. Like the Biden administration effing things up is basically a meme online. And that is the people, that is the masses of the people saying that and making it such. So they need to kind of squash that as much as possible by artificially inflating their own narrative into the mix. This, this is what the left does. It's all about manipulation. It's all about controlling the algorithms. It's all about, and you know what? Maybe they're doing it on TikTok because maybe, because TikTok's basically run by China, they don't have the ability to call up Google, call up Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and have them remove talking points that they don't like. Have them algorithmically downvote talking points that they don't like. What's the only way they can do that on TikTok? And that would be, I guess, manipulating from the top down of the people who, I guess, possibly even control certain trends. So that's their only way that they're possibly able to do it. It's not about what the masses, what the people want, or the popular opinion. They're, we know their game. So during the briefing, the White House Director of uh, Data Strategy said that the Biden administration recognizes that TikTok was a critical, important avenue for the way American publics find out about the latest. So he wanted to make sure you had the latest information from an authoritative, authoritative source. You know, yeah, you know, someone dancing, someone that does dancing TikToks, you know. People are, are going to this girl for the news, I can tell you that much. You know, make sure she's got the news on what's going on with geopolitical warfare. You know, make sure she's got the news because, you know, people... Go to her for the news. It has nothing to do with the algorithms. It has nothing to do with professionals that are given the news. It has nothing to do with influencers who are dedicated to researching the news like myself and giving that news to you. You know, don't call people like us. Call the people who do dancing videos where quite literally zero of their followers care about their news affiliation. So they're attending Thursday meeting. Several creators posted videos online ranging from 30 seconds to three minutes in length about the information they had received. This is not the first time the Biden administration has tried to partner with TikTok creators and celebrities to spread messages. Last year, it worked with dozens of top TikTok stars to encourage vaccinations against COVID-19. Uh, at, at one point, there was also a briefing for influencers to educate them about the infrastructure plan. Insane. That's what the left needs to do. That's what it, come, it, it has come down to is they cannot just let their work and what their policies speak for themselves. They need to manipulate, manipulate, manipulate to get whatever 
the public and common opinion is. The Biden administration is smashing records again as inflation soars to highs under the Biden administration. So we're not talking about good records being smashed here. We're talking about bad ones being smashed. The United States is currently experiencing the highest inflation in four years. The Daily Caller reported that the CPI reached another four-decade high through February, with prices increased nearly 8% on a year-over-year basis. The BLS reported Thursday economic surveys by the Wall Street Journal projected the index to have grown by just 7.8%. Now, let's watch this video of Kamala Harris, because I'm sure it'll be hilarious. If I can ask you, Madam Vice President, President Biden has said that Americans will feel some pain for the sake of defending freedom and liberty, but there does seem to be no end game in sight. How long should Americans expect, how long should we be bracing for um, this really sort of um, historic inflation and some unprecedented gas prices? Real quick, before I let her answer the question is, this is what the Democrats care about. They care more about the narrative of the problems that are going on than actually the problems, because the problems have all been created by them. But that's not going to stop them from blaming those problems on COVID, blaming those problems on Trump, blaming those problems on Putin, blaming those problems on China. Oh, the, these problems have nothing to do with us. It, it doesn't matter that none of these problems were an issue under Trump before we shut the entire economy down. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. The problems are with everyone else but us. Our policies clearly work so much, in fact, that whenever we implement any of our policies, things go to shit virtually immediately. But that has no correlation to what's going on with everybody else. Everybody else is the problem. Yeah. Okay. These people are sick in the head. They don't care about the narrative. They don't care that the economy is in economic dire straits. So let's, let's watch. Sure. In terms of uh, the discussions that the President Johannes and I had, uh, they ranged in subject, including the issue of the Black Sea, and I'll let him explain in more detail as he would like. Uh, but we are, again, fully aware and apprised because we are in constant communication with the President, with his administration here, about the concerns that they have about the entire region and, frankly, the vulnerability. All you have to do is look at the map. Oh, my God. What kind of answer was that? And, and that's what Kamala Harris does all the time, which I'm kind of analyzing. Whenever she doesn't know what she wants, she's supposed to say, whenever she doesn't have a talking point for that, um, she always does like this pause. Like, listen, let's listen to it again. About the concerns that they have about the entire region and, frankly, the vulnerability. All you have to do is look at the map. All you need to do, she always do a pause and then like, all you need to do is X, Y, Z. That, that, that seems to be what Kamala Harris does when she has literally doesn't know what to say and nothing to say. Absolute national embarrassment this woman is. An embarrassment. And she's clearly only in this position to fit some diversity quota. That's the problem with the left. We don't care about good work. We don't care about good services. We don't care about good movies. We don't care about this, that, and the other thing. We don't care about making good things or having good people in charge, we just need to hit this diversity quota. So what they'll do is they'll put the literally worst representation of that demographic in. If you wanted to have a smart black woman as your vice president, I'm sure I can find you tons of smart non-white women to put into that position. But what does the left do? They promote the quite literal worst of the worst of the worst. 
You know that story, the Theranos story? That, that girl that talks like this and she copied Steve Jobs and made her and she wore the black turtleneck and scammed people for billions of dollars? That was only made possible by the leftists in the mainstream media. So clamoring to find a strong female leader that's taking over the tech space. They were so, like, just, they just wanted to hit that diversity. Oh, a... a the next Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates, but a female version of the next Steve Jobs. Let's make her the hottest thing known to be. And then because of that, she was able to rip people off for billions of dollars for some massive scam. Because she was getting promoted and pushed by the mainstream media so much. And now, that, and who who's the person they picked? The Literally a scammer. The worst person you can possibly pick. The Democrats, they'll literally go through, oh, we need to hit this diversity thing. We want to make female black empowerment, whatever it is. And they'll just pick the worst human being possible. Are they doing that purposely to make people more racist or sexist? Is that possible that they're purposely picking the worst people possible? It's possible. Uh, so right here's a quote. We thought that inflation would come down, especially due to the untangling of the global supply chain. But we don't know what's happening in Ukraine. Uh, will retangle that, the chief economist, uh, economist said. Uh, each and every time the administration is asked to explain why inflation has been soaring under their watch, excuses are made. Recently, Putin has been uh, the scapegoat. Jen Psaki said it's inaccurate that the invasion of the, uh, President Putin to Ukraine has an impact global inflation, despite inflation having soared all year, and the, inflation, uh, the invasion of Ukraine has only just begun. Biden claimed that inflation will rise as a result of sanctions that he is knowingly imposing on Russia. They will be costs at home as we impose crippling sanctions in response to Putin's unprovoked war, he said, alluding that Putin should be blamed for the rise in prices. Administration has also blamed Putin for increasing gas prices despite using the fact that the Russian imports only account for 3% of the crude oil brought into the defense. Uh, someone tweeted out, and I couldn't say, say this better myself. He said, uh, pro tip, pro tip. There's not a single person in the Biden administration worrying about inflation and gas prices crushing you. They're only worried about the message, so you don't blame them. Evil people run this country. Clearly, the administration is telling people uh, the truth on both is, is telling the truth on both fronts. That three percent of crude oil imports from Russia has an overwhelming effect on the American economy and should be replaced with domestic production. There, however, seems to be no plans for such action. It's like, hey, you don't. That would be the smart thing to do. We need to cut off this supply of oil. So why don't we increase the supply of oil at home? Gas prices are going crazy. Inflation's going crazy. What could we possibly do to stop such? Bring back oil production here. And you know what? I am kind of slightly on the fence about oil production overseas versus in-house. I can see the reason for wanting to import oil from other countries. And I feel like that reasoning would be, you know what? Let's drain the oil from all these other countries. Let's drain the oil now before more advancements in technology happen that could, you know, make oil last longer. Let's drain the world of their oil, and then one day we'll be the only ones with the oil, and we'll have super good technology to make this oil last an eternity. And we would be the—I I understand that. That makes a lot of sense when you're thinking ahead like a half a century or a century from now. Like, I kind of get that. And for—I can kind of get on board with that. But at the same time, when you're dealing with some economic downturn, 
at the very least, it would be beneficial to increase the production for at least a limited amount of time in-house in order to evade. At the very least, it should be kind of this scale. If the economy's doing really good, you know what? Maybe we'll start importing a little bit more, drain the rest of the world of their resources while preserving ours. But economy's going bad. You know what? Let's increase our own production to make the economy good again. And then kind of balance the scale out up and down into some leveling, whatever. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't really know. I'm just seeing what I'm seeing and 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 literally understanding both sides to the possibilities of reasons why we would be doing such a thing. And that's just my opinion on it. I could be completely wrong. Maybe I don't understand a damn thing that I'm saying. But you know what? I think what I'm saying makes some damn good sense. That's why I'm saying it. So the Biden administration authorizes $200 million in new aid for Ukraine. Now, obviously, this is, whenever there's money going to another country, it's always going to be a massive topic of discussion. And I can understand both point of views. You've got one point of view saying we need to spend that money here. Another point of view saying we need to stop aiding other countries while we have homeless people here. Another point of view uh, could be we want we need to be the peacekeepers of the world. We need to be if we're not giving them money, then China's giving them money, and then China's going to have that global influence. And then there's another point of view is who cares who has the massive global influence? Let's worry about our, in, what's going on in our own country. And I would say all have some very valid discussions. And this is why I stay mostly agnostic on most and almost all foreign policy issues because it's so intricate and there's so many things going on and there's so many factors that need to be considered. I, I think that there are a lot of pros and cons in both ways. But let's read what this says before I go into a tangent. So President Joe Biden has authorized 200 more in security assistance to Ukraine. He tweeted out, well, his assistants probably tweeted out, the American people are united, the world is united, we stand with the people of Ukraine. Confirmed by the White House, a new aid will bring a uh, total defense of $1.2 billion uh, to Ukraine in the last year. The authorization comes after a recent disagreement with Poland on sending fighter jets to Ukraine. Although the U.S. has been flowing weapons in the country, it's rejecting the Polish proposal to transfer these planes to Ukraine. On Wednesday, press secretary told the reporters, we do not support the transfer of the fighters to Ukraine Air Force at this time and have no desire to see them in custody either. Daily Mail reported that the funds can be used for weapons and other defense articles from the Defense Department stock, as well as military education and training to help Ukraine. Um, let's see. The U.S. has uh, recently approved $13.6 billion in aid for Ukraine as part of the $1.5 trillion measure to fund the U.S. government. Russia has warned that the views of any weapon deliveries to the Ukraine as a legitimate uh, targets. Okay. Now, I'm going to... Wait, someone says, Deputy Foreign Minister said Russia warned that the U.S. had pumping weapons from a number of countries it orchestrates just... It isn't just a dangerous move. It's an action that makes those convoys legitimate threats. Okay. Now, listen. I'm, I'm, I want to know what your guys' thoughts on this because, again... I am agnostic on this, and people do not like the fact that I play devil's advocate and I try to give proper arguments for both sides and trying to understand every point of view. This is one where I can understand every single point of view to the best of my ability and still don't have an answer because I think I understand both sides too well. Now, there's obviously the side of why are we giving money overseas? Let's spend the money here. And I would say my devil advocate argument would be, well— if we are not pumping money into other countries, if we're not pumping money to uh, 
to increase our foreign influence over other countries, one, your US dollar would not be worth as much. Two, another country like China would start replacing us in that fact, and then their currency would be the dominant currency, and their influence would be the dominant influence over these other countries. And at the same time, just like what we're experiencing with, 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 uh, with oil and the wheat and all that stuff, if we're having more influence over countries, I don't know. I don't know this part, but if we're having more influence over countries, we probably get better results back from them. You know, we, we would, you know what, this country can supply us with a massive amount of oil and resources. Let's give them a bunch of money to keep them well-equipped and within our little family and make them happy. So this way they give us the best trade deals or whatnot, or whatever it is, you know, it could be used as a negotiating tactic, increasing the value of our own country, increasing, you know, our own re uh, the resources we got coming in at maybe a cheaper rate or a cheaper price and, and so on and increasing the value of our own currency. And I can understand that. I guess that's more of an imperialistic, globalist uh, point of view, I would, I would have to say. And I, I kind of understand it. I kind of get it. And I do see that there is some good with it. Because at the same time, I don't think that there is much of a... Like, if, if we were to pull... Like, let's just say, if we were to... You know, people... And you can even make an argument that that would be America, that could potentially be America first. Now, I'm not saying I believe this. I'm playing devil's advocate here, so please bear with me. But if you want to, if I was a more imperialistic globalist person and I wanted to put America first, I would be making sure my currency is the world currency. I'd be making sure that almost every single country that I can use will be my ally and help feed me. Like, here's some money, but feed me if I wanted to have a globalist America first point of view. Then there's that more nationalist America first point of view where it's like, let's just keep as much stuff in-house. Let's keep the money circulating within here. Let's not care about what's going on over there. And I, I, I do agree there's lots and lots of pros to do with that. Who knows? We might have a better shorter-term economy. We might have a better long-term economy. I don't know how this would affect much. Um, or who knows? Maybe we'll end up falling behind. Maybe we'll be in for a tougher time because we won't have certain trade deals that we would need. Uh, our currency may not be worth as much as we need it to be worth. And now there's just money just flowing within our own country in a circle. Whereas we, I don't, I don't see, this is the point where I, my expertise are not really there, but maybe we need money to be flowing in and out a lot more of the country where maybe we got $200 million flowing out into this country, but then we're receiving, you know, $400 million back in value over time or because of that influence, you know, there's a lot of factors, you know, if we're giving a trillion dollars away, does that help our currency add an extra trillion plus dollars? You know what I mean? Are we getting a net negative or a net positive effect from doing these things? And I, I, this is the thing is like I'm split. I understand both point of views. Both point of views have their pros and have their cons. And maybe there are people out there that can make better arguments for either or than I can. But I'm, I'm just going based off of what I know. Someone who, you know, whatever. So... I'm sure there are people out there that can make better arguments. And you know what? If someone gives me a good argument on one or the other and can answer my questions properly on the questions I would have on these pros and cons, I'll be open-minded to pick whatever freaking side. 
Okay, I would be down to pick a side and maybe one day I'll have a very good intellectual conversation with someone on the topic. And I'm sure many of you out there, maybe I've even raised some questions that you haven't thought about before that might have put you on the fence a little bit more. Or maybe, you know, I like to promote on this show thinking. We, I like on this show asking questions, seeing and understanding every single conceivable point of view and questioning until we can't question anymore. And that's what I like to promote on this show. I don't really want to tell you guys too much of an opinion. I want you guys to be kind of just asking and asking and asking and just questioning in your head. And you, and then next thing you know, I mean, look at this. This thought trade of giving $200 million to Ukraine, like look at what it evolved into of, of what I've been saying in this topic of discussion and, and currencies and whatever and war, you know, economic war with China and influence. Like that it all goes, this is all like a, a, little, a little part of that big grander scheme. And uh yeah, I mean I mean we'll see. I mean I I don't think this could be another thing where there is no correct proper answer to. I really don't know. And that's why I stay mostly agnostic and the best I can do is just play both point of views for you guys. So I know that some people in there will get mad and think I'm part of the system with my few thousand views. I'm, you know, I'm being paid by, um, I'm a Trojan horse for the Democrats. I, I actually honestly get those freaking DMs that people think I'm a Trojan horse for the freaking Democrats trying to get the agenda back on track or for the rhinos. Hey, you know what? I'm not seeing those checks in the mail. I can tell you that much. And boy, I can really use those checks in the mail because this show makes me dick. I can tell you that much. That's why I push my Patreon. But we want to push thinking. We want to push asking questions. That's all I care about. Um, devil's advocacy to increase our understanding of everything that's going on. We're learning. We're on this boat together. And um, sadly, there's really, you know, we're kind of just taking this boat for a ride for the most part. But maybe one day we'll be bigger than that. But anyway, guys, thank you for watching. Please drop this video a like, subscribe, and notifications on new video every single day. If you can, listen to the Flips of the Show, the Joey Saladino Show on all the podcast apps. Um, yeah, go there. Click the subscribe button. Thank you for watching and listening. Peace out.